Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSR, HealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSR HealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. Broadcasting from Huntington Beach, California, and New York City, coast to coast, a big LA welcome and a big Apple welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I am Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver, on the Caregiver Day Radio Show, coming to you live from the syndicated All Positive Talk Radio Network, HealthyLife.net, broadcasting in all 50 states and 135 countries with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg, from the Caregiver Space. Say hello, Adrian. Hello. And our guest today is John Vespasian. I hope I said that right. He's an author of 11, count them, 11 books about rational thinking, including When Everything Fails, Try This, Rationality is the Way to Happiness, The Philosophy of Builders, The Ten Principles of Rational Living, Rational Living, Rational Working, Consistency, The Key to Permanent Stress Relief, and many more. I think his latest one is The Shortcut to success when success seems impossible. So uh, can you see a common theme in all those books, Adrian? It has to do with being rational. rational. My God, if caregivers can only be rational and think with their brain instead of their heart and their emotions. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't think with your emotions. I say emotions should have 49% voting rights and uh, logic, and rationality should have 51%. Always have veto powder, power, because otherwise you're just going to be flagging in the wind, you know? Yeah. Anyway, um, getting back to our guest here, I want to thank our last week's guest, Bernie, Dr. Bernie Siegel. Uh, he is an amazing guy, and you can just remind you, you can hear that podcast, that radio show, and all our shows on our Caregiver Dave website and all the other platforms that I mentioned earlier. Um, if you go right now to caregiverdave.com and click the free download tab, you will get some free gifts uh, just for giving us your name and your email. Don't ever let a free gift go unclaimed. That's what my dad always used to say. <laughs> but, hey, enough of that. I want to take this opportunity, and let's welcome to the show John Vespasian. Did I say that right, John? Yes, perfect pronunciation. Thanks, uh, Perfect. Dave. Did you hear that, Adrian? Perfect Ooh, enunciation. Very nice. <laughs> John, I'd like to ask my guests. Just who is John Vespasian, and why was he put on this earth? Yes, uh, John Vespasian is an author of uh, 11 books now, books about uh, something very weird I call uh, Rational Living. And it's a philosophy I've developed um, uh, through research in the last uh, 11 years. Uh, what I do basically is to read um, and to go through hundreds and hundreds of uh, biographies of people in different professions, different centuries, uh, different countries, and try to extract 
from those uh, principles, practical principles we can use uh, today in the 21st century. And why do I emphasize the, the aspect of rationality? And this, is, I think, is a, a key aspect of my books. Today, if you open any book about uh, personal development, uh, um, personal finance, uh, uh, success, uh, it, it, will, it will speak about uh, positive thinking. Positive thinking, you have to be very enthusiastic, yes. you have to be uh, very extrovert, you have to be very cheerful. Uh, in my books, I take uh, the opposite approach. I try to recommend uh, strategies uh, for people who are not particularly extrovert, mm. uh, people who are not particularly uh, positive, because I think uh, for most people, a very large percentage of the population, it is very difficult uh, to stay uh, positive. It consumes a lot of energy. So I try to, to come up with strategies that you can implement, uh, even if you have low energy, even if you are not a super positive person, still I think you can become very successful and very happy uh, by applying common sense and by trying to, uh, to think uh, a little bit more rationally. Well, this sounds like something I need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like something caregivers need to hear because you just described everything that a caregiver is. So uh, why don't I ask you some questions? Why is wishful thinking so prevalent in our society? And Because I know when I was a caregiver, what am I talking about? I'm still a caregiver. But I'm sure when Adrian was a caregiver, right, we would wish – Oh, I wish this would happen. Oh, I wish that, uh, you know, so-and-so wouldn't yeah. be so such-and-such such and all of that. We were always wishing. Um, but that's, that's pretty normal for people, isn't it? Not just for caregivers. Uh, why is it so prevalent? Well, there's, um, there's a problem uh, that arises, for, arises from the excessive uh, exposure to uh, entertainment. And this is something that hmm. uh, we have in the 20th century, 21st century, we didn't have it uh, 100 years ago. Um, people are watching uh, uh, TV series, not only on Netflix, but on the phone, on YouTube, uh, constantly watching uh, um, fiction, which is very entertaining, it's very compelling, uh, very exciting, but still fiction. And the problem is that uh, it develops uh, an ingrained um, uh, tendency uh, for wishful thinking. Uh, for um, expecting uh, a turn of event that is very unlikely, that is going to solve the problem, like it often, often happens in, uh, in Hollywood movies, on, on TV, and this is not real life. Uh, when you watch uh, TV, uh, you should watch this fiction for five hours a day for years, <laughs> it's very difficult uh, to tell reality from fiction, because in the end, uh, the people on TV become your friends, become your family, and this is a very detrimental pattern you see today. You see in the U.S. alone, uh, you have uh, 50 million people uh, taking medication against uh, anxiety, high stress. Um, it's a very, very high number. Uh, it is pretty much the same in Europe. And the problem is not that these people suffer from some uh, mysterious uh, sickness. The problem is they have, in most cases, uh, very unrealistic uh, expectations and when they crash against the wall, um, they become extremely anxious, extremely depressed. So what I try to do in my books is to steer away from these uh, fairy tales, from this uh, wishful thinking, mm. and to try to make people more realistic. 
Wow. So you know, I'm 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 thinking of a of a, one of the Ten Commandments right now. Do you know what it is, Adrian? No. <laughs> Thou shalt just... not covet thy neighbor's goods. <laughs> right. And and that's what Hollywood is doing. We we look well. We... I I would say the a lot of the unrealistic expectations come from celebrity. The yeah. The, the focus is so much on celebrity. You know, the, the the schools are just full of people who want to be stars, mm-hmm. and and that's that's I think fueled by this entertainment uh, epidemic. Yeah, is depression you, is depression a byproduct of that? Yeah, but even if you focus on celebrity, um, the problem is that you don't have enough information. Because if you watch uh, one of these uh, influencers on social media, uh, people doing, I mean, taking pictures of themselves every five minutes and this kind of stuff, right. and, then, and they have these uh, millions of followers, uh, you get a picture of, uh, of a lifestyle which is, uh, which is fake. It's completely fake. Uh, and this is going on for already for decades. Probably now yes. it has become, it has become uh, blown out of proportion. But even if, in my book, for instance, I analyze very often um, the biographies of celebrities to show people that uh, the idea you get about uh, perfect lifestyle, perfect people, uh, perfect uh, um, uh, wealth, uh, most of the time is nonsense. When you look at uh, the real story, when you see the whole picture, um, you realize that uh, there is a lot of uh, trial and error uh, there is a lot of mistakes. There is a lot of uh, suffering behind. I mean, how many of these celebrities have committed suicide? I mean, I can't. Right. Uh, I'm not talking about Marilyn Monroe. I, I mean, a few years ago, it was a shock for many people that uh, Robin Williams uh, committed suicide. He was a great comedian. People thought mm-hmm. him very funny, but in the end, he committed suicide. So this, uh, you have to look at the at the full picture. And there Anthony are many. Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade, are the most modern ones. Yeah. It is, it is, uh, it is deplorable, but uh, I think you are much better uh, in whatever profession you are. If you are a caregiver or you are, uh, even you have a profession of high risk, I think uh, it's better to take a perspective which is more rational, which is more uh, close to reality, because mm-hmm. you will make better decisions. You will be more patient uh, with your uh, um, customers, with your patients, with yourself, which is super important. And you will be able uh, to uh, improve your career much better. If you become extremely emotional, um, the chances that you make mistake, mistake after mistake are very, very high. And wow. you're setting yourself up for disappointment. At the very least. Uh, but the problem is that um, um, when people start uh, becoming very anxious because they feel uh, they are not successful enough, uh, they right. are not progressing in their careers. They, they don't have all these uh, magical um, uh, gifts that you see uh, on TV series, you see on, on, in Hollywood. Um, they feel very insecure. And this is uh, one of the aspects I underlined in my books. If you really uh, stick to the facts, if you develop a plan for improving your career, improving your business, improving your finances, if you take uh, real people, uh, I mean real people, I mean people you know the truth of, and this is what I present in my books because I go through very detailed biographies, and you see how they became successful, how they went uh, through adversity, how they actually uh, were able to turn around situations that were desperate, 
then you become uh, inspired by their example, and then you can deal with uh, very difficult situations. I, uh, for instance, in my book, in my books, I really um, present a lot of biographies of people who were badly injured uh, due to accidents or people who went through a severe sickness, right. and I explain the, the mentality and the strategy they took uh, to recover. Um, there, there are strategies you can learn from history, but there is very little you can learn from celebrities. Yeah, in your book you talk about uh, narrowing down uh, your choices to obvious winners. What does that mean? It means uh, not having so many uh, people that you idolize and narrow it down to one or two? Is that what you're saying or are you saying something else? Yeah, let, let, me, let me give you an example. Uh, one of the um, biographies I present um, uh, in my – it's not in this book. In the book before was uh, a, a guitar player. His name was uh, Django Reinhardt. Uh, yeah, he was yeah. a very <laughs> famous uh, guitar player in the 1940s, yes. 1950s, and not many people know that he suffered uh, a very severe accident when he was in his 20s. I mean, he was mm. a gypsy. Uh, he was living in a, in a van uh, in Belgium. Um, he could barely read because he never went to school. Uh, his uh, only skill was to play guitar. I mean, he was going from village to village uh, in his van, and he was playing guitar, and I mean, barely earning a living, but he didn't know anything else, and he wanted to become a famous uh, performer. And one night, when he was in his van, um, he didn't have electricity at the time, so they were using candles for uh, lighting. And during the night, a uh, candle was upturned, and the van caught fire. So by the time he woke up, uh, the van was on fire. He had to go through the through the through the fire, and he got burned very badly. Uh, he lost the use of one of his fingers. And for mm. a guitar player, this is uh, the kiss of death. I mean, you cannot really play guitar with uh, nine fingers. And the guy went, and this is why we are talking about narrowing your, your, um, uh, narrowing down your choices. He went through depression for a few months because, I mean, he didn't have any skills. He could not earn a living. He would never become a famous musician. And what did he do? And this is a strategy that I recommend in my book uh, over and over again. When you're facing one of these uh, desperate situations, you think uh, that you cannot go any further, uh, that uh, life has mistreated you, the best uh, option is to look into history and to find an example of someone who has done something, something similar and recovered. And there are many, many examples. And this is what uh, Reinhardt did. He looked into history and asked, has anybody in history played uh, a guitar with uh, nine fingers? And the answer is no. But people have been playing violin, they play uh, piano with uh, enormous incapacities. So he figured yeah. out, after some research, that uh, he could find a way to play guitar with nine fingers if he played a little bit faster. And he trained and trained, and after two months he could play guitar very, very fast, because this is the only way to make up for the loss of one finger. And uh, he became extremely famous uh, almost uh, within the next year, uh, because he developed a, a way of playing guitar uh, we was very fast by mixing uh, gypsy music and jazz music, and he became a, a, a world-famous uh, star. He was touring the United States with the uh, Duke Ellington Orchestra, wow. and he was a guy who normally should have been an invalid mm. for the rest of his life. And he turned around uh, uh, by taking the choice, the narrow choice, that he could find in history. And this is what I really recommend in my books uh, mm. Don't uh, don't try to crash against the mm. wall. Don't become depressed. Find an obvious example of something that is working. 
Yeah, you know, my wife's the same way. She's uh, lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side, and yet she decided she's just going to do everything she did before, and she can do about 95% of what she did before, and she's amazing, makes us all look like whiners and complainers. Mm -hmm. Like a cross between Martha Stewart and Wonder Woman. But we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. Okay, so you have a couple of days off and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. CaregiverDave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting CaregiverDave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. Don't wait. Go to caregiverdave.com and join now. Audiobooks gives you instant access to over 50,000 of the best sellers and hottest book titles in romance, mystery, fiction, and many other genres. Just visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Audiobooks to get started. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too. Caring for someone with an illness or condition who is expected to live for a relatively long period of time is a specific and unique challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life Too today or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life Too is available at Amazon.com and Caregiver Dave. You're listening to HealthyLife.net. Millions of listeners know the secret. Now you do, too. Positive talk 24 hours a day, every day. And we're back with my guest, Don Vespasian. And my guest host, Adrienne Gruberg. Actually, she's more than a guest host now. It seems like she's my permanent <laughs> co-host. And um, we are talking about being rational. And we're on the uh, uh, Caregiver Dave show. So, John, um, how do you find uh, workable strategies where no actions seem to be possible? You know, let's say... You try to think of somebody who is in your position, and you can't because you have it worse than anybody else that's ever happened. I mean, you know, I think of someone like Helen Keller. If she was alive today, 
Um, you know, I can't think of too many people that uh, have got it like Helen Keller do, right? You were blind, uh, you couldn't talk, and what else? She had a whole bunch of stuff yeah. going on with her. Deaf. And, you know, in the days that she was living in, uh, people just put handicapped and disabled people, you know, in a corner somewhere just to, you know, be isolated because we didn't want to see them. So what, what do you have to say for someone like that? Yes, uh, she was uh, a great example, but uh, nowadays uh, you can find examples in many areas because uh, uh, many people are being uh, restrained in their uh, capacities. I mean, now we are in the middle of this COVID uh, uh, pandemic where many people cannot even go to work. They cannot uh, develop their careers, and they feel constrained. Uh, in these situations where you have an, a, a discapacity or you cannot really work or you have uh, gone through divorce or bankruptcy, um, the advice I, I've learned from history is that uh, you, will de- you will do substantially better if you deploy your resources in an asymmetric uh, way. And this is, this is the title of my latest book, uh, Asymmetry, because if you try to compete uh, or to recover or to try to do what you were doing before, uh, in the same way as we were doing that uh, before, uh, usually it will not work. Uh, you will have to find a way, right? You will have to find a way mm-hmm. to redeploy your resources. So, for instance, I mean, if you cannot uh, do a certain thing because uh, you become uh, discapacitated and you cannot uh, read or you cannot do something, try to use your other senses. Try to learn from hearing, like uh, Ellen Keller was doing. Um, yesterday I was reading a biography before uh, preparing for my next book, and I read a person uh, about a person who um, could not read because he had some, some really uh, uh, severe uh, eyesight um, uh, impairment. Uh, what she did uh, was to listen uh, to tapes and to try to learn other languages. And she, she eventually she ended up uh, speaking four languages, four, four foreign languages, in addition to her mm-hmm. uh, mother tongue, that was German. Uh, she did it in a period of uh, eight years. Mm-hmm. It's still uh, amazing because he was learning just from hearing. Uh, this is something you can do. I mean, whatever your impairment, whatever your limitations, uh, if you try to do things in a different way, uh, in an asymmetric way, which I call in my, in my book, uh, you will do much better. You will not be able to learn or to, to work in the linear um, way that other people are doing because they have like a normal uh, environment or normal conditions. But if you use what you have, your resources, your physical resources, your intellectual resources, your financial resources asymmetrically, and you deploy those uh, in a very effective uh, way, uh, you can do things that are amazing. I mean, uh, now that uh, we have this crisis and I see many businesses are closed and I see many people who are not Uh, able to do their work, use your time productively uh, to learn new things, learn new skills, uh, to think up uh, new products, uh, new marketing strategies, use your time, use your resources, whatever your discapacities, whatever your constraints, you can do better. But uh, don't become depressed, don't become discouraged mm-hmm. just because, because you cannot advance linearly. Try to think up an asymmetric strategy that can move you forward. You know, I'm reminded of that old saying that says, um, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's kind of what you're talking about. Now, um, what what about the people who um, who have one failure after another? I mean, I think of Richard Nixon. He kept losing elections. Abraham Lincoln kept losing elections. Yet something kept bringing them back, right? And both of them um, became president of the United States. 
So what do you tell people who just had, like Thomas Edison, you know, failure after failure? I think he had like 10,000 failures uh, for the light bulb, and then finally it turned on. How do, how do those people yeah. keep going? Well, um, it's very good to have motivation, but um, uh, you have to uh, improve uh, with every attempt, with every trial. I mean, you just uh, repeat, because, I mean, you are talking about Edison when he was making experiments for the uh, incandescent uh, bulb, but all obviously was, he was trying something different with the experiment. He was not repeating the whole, the whole thing uh, 10,000 times. It was a different experiment. And it is the same when you're talking about the careers of, uh, of people and you see, oh, they tried once, they tried two, they tried three times, and eventually they did it. I can tell you that every time was a little bit better and a little bit different. And for instance, in the, in the latest book, I present the, the career of uh, Dale Carnegie, a very uh -huh. famous American bestseller writer. Uh, he wrote books about how to make friends and how to influence people Mol and this kind of stuff. And when you read the books, yeah, when you read the books, you get the idea that uh, this guy started uh, with uh, these fantastic uh, notions and he wrote the books and became very famous. But this is absolutely not true. It's just what you were saying. This guy at the beginning was a salesman. He was a, a very unsuccessful salesman. Eventually, he gave up sales. He became, he wanted to become an actor and he went to New York. Uh, he enrolled in the Academy of uh, Dramatic Arts. He wanted to be an actor and he, uh, he graduated. He could not land any role. He went to many auditions, auditions and he didn't manage. And eventually he ended up teaching uh, uh, courses, uh, evening courses for adults. And after 10 years, he wrote his first book and it was a failure. And then he wrote the second book. So when you look at the, at the story, you see, ah, oh, this guy was always trying. This guy was always there. No, he was failure after failure after failure. And each time, he improved a little bit. It took him uh, 15 years. And eventually, you see the story and say, ah, oh, this guy was amazing from the beginning. And it is nonsense. And if you believe this kind of nonsense, you become very depressed. Because you will compare yourself with uh, fantasy. But if you look at the real story of Nixon you were mentioning, you see people who develop sometimes very slowly because we are all human. We have to learn. We have to go through the learning curve. And this is what I recommend in my books. Become a little bit uh, rational, a little bit better every day. If you improve 1% now and then, it's more than enough to become very successful. Yeah, fail your way to success, you know. And... Um, uh, you know, I think of Ray Kroc, the uh, founder of McDonald's. You know, he was selling mm -hmm. uh, blenders, and and then he he met the McDonald brothers, and things didn't go very easily uh, for a while. You know, buy him out for a million dollars, and each so two million dollars, and he was so close to bankruptcy. But he met somebody. He didn't give up. He had a dream, and I, you know, McDonald's is. Uh, I can't imagine life without McDonald's, and yet. <laughs> I wonder if he knew how great McDonald's would be. I'd say yes, you know. Uh, I, I wonder if George Clooney knew when he was, you know, an underpaid actor and waiting on tables, if he knew he was going to be George Clooney one day. Probably. You know, I think of Colonel Sanders, late in life, didn't become successful till 65 years old with his recipe going from door to door saying, hey, try this, you know. Amazing stuff. Uh, uh, you know, the old saying, if at first you don't succeed, <clears throat> Try, try again. That's what our parents used to tell us. So what is the best method for identifying asymmetric shortcuts? And how does that differ from symmetric shortcuts? 
Well, symmetric uh, basically means uh, facing problems uh, directly, uh, trying to uh, to to advance in a linear way. And I have to tell you, this rarely works. So the, the book emphasizes uh, asymmetric uh, shortcuts, uh, which require people to uh, to attack uh, problems indirectly, uh, to circumvent obstacles without wasting their time um, by doing this uh, directly. Now, you asked me about uh, how to identify these, uh, these uh, possibilities to circumvent obstacles. There are different methods I present in the book, but uh, the, by far, I think, uh, the, the most effective method is to look at the opportunity cost. Opportunity cost uh, is, a, is an economic uh, concept that um, uh, enables you to see the whole picture. Let me explain this in a second. Uh, if you have to make a decision, say, okay, I'm going to buy a car, or I'm going to, to uh, enroll university, in university, or I'm going to take a new career, or I'm going to open a business, uh, most people will calculate uh, the cost by saying, okay, this, is going to, this, this, uh, this uh, study is going to cost uh, $20,000 per year. But you also have to calculate uh, the opportunity cost. You have to see what would you have, what would you have done during these th three years uh, if uh, instead of going to university, you would have uh, learned uh, uh, some skills. You would have been working, you would have been an apprentice, you would have been... Drive a truck, whatever. Uh, right. Uh, and in the end, it is not only the $20,000 per year, it is not only the time and the effort uh, of, uh, of going to university, it is the opportunity cost, it's the whole picture, it's what you are not doing because you are doing that. And when you look at the opportunity cost uh, for making decisions, I think you get a much uh, clearer picture of what is the best option. Because people very often, they become blinded uh, by numbers that do not mean anything. Uh, this is why you see all these uh, millions of people going to university to waste their time studying, I don't know, gender studies or, or I don't to know. To riot, to demonstrate, you know, all of this. Sociology, <laughs> and then, for God's sake, I mean, they, they, get, they, they spend, uh, I don't know, they get into debt uh, $50,000, $60,000, $100,000 to get a degree which is worthless because they don't look at the opportunity cost. If these people would have been working at McDonald's, as you just mentioned, uh, after five years, they would be able possibly to buy their own franchise, to open their own restaurant, and they would become very successful and very wealthy. That's right. If uh, that's what they wanted to do. But, you well, know, not everybody. I, I, I'm all for people becoming carpenters and plumbers and and learning trades. I don't believe that everybody has to go to college. But, you know, they're, they're, not everybody wants to own a franchise. That, you know, there are other, other dreams where people need to go to college. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, when you make these kind of decisions, uh, you are easily uh, misled by figures that uh, and statistics that uh, do not mean anything. Uh, I think most people would uh, would make better decisions if you just try for a year uh, some profession or some 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 uh, uh, occupation that uh, they find interesting, and then later they go to university if they if they really want to go to university. But uh, you have to look at the whole picture. Uh, very few people use the concept of opportunity cost, and I think this is the reason why we have so many foolish uh, decisions, uh, uh -huh. like we have now with this uh, lockdown, where people look at uh, one factor. We say, okay, lockdown has uh, disadvantages, but did they look at the disadvantages? Mm. Did they look at uh, the, the secondary 
uh, and the, 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 the millions of people who cannot work, who become psychologically uh, very weak. I mean, Suicidal. you have to always look at the good picture. So, so looking at the opportunity cost, uh, Dave, is, is a key issue in any decision. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back. Do not go away. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too, Caring for Someone with an Illness or Condition Who is Expected to Live for a Relatively Long Period of Time is a Specific and Unique Challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life Too today, or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life Too is available at Amazon.com and Caregiver Dave. Discover the world's largest anti-aging organization, Life Extension. For the best information, vitamins, and supplements, you just can't beat Life Extension. To start extending your life, go to the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on the Life Extension banner. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One arm, one leg, 100 words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose rentacar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the Rent-A-Car banner. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. Caregiverdave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting caregiverdave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. Don't wait. Go to caregiverdave.com and join now. Remember, get positive emotions at www.healthylife.net. Hey, welcome back to the Caregiver Dave Show. I'm Dave Nassani, my co-host Adrian Gruberg, and our guest John Vespasian. And um, John, Adrian's going through a tough time right now. She's moving. She's <laughs> elderly. Oh. And and. Oh, she, oh, oh! What a word. Oh, give me a better word. Oh. <laughs> she's a senior. Is that better? I'm she's older. Okay, she's older. And it, the older we get, the harder it is to move all the stuff that we've accumulated and to emotionally let go of them. Now, uh, you heard her say at the beginning of the show, oh, I need to hear this, because, you know, it's hard. Uh, moving is an emotional decision. You know, what neighborhood do I want to live in? Or what, how big of a place do I want? Um, do I really want to move? Do I really want to um, uh, leave my friends, my neighbors, etc.? How can you help someone like her? Who's, who's 
I don't know, struggling, I guess that's the right word. Struggling, it yeah. isn't an easy thing. It's, it's stressful. Getting married, uh, going to, uh, uh, losing a loved one, moving, all these things are very, very stressful on the stress scale. What advice would you give Adrian to make this journey uh, a little easier for her? Well, it's the same advice I give to anybody going to, uh, to turmoil. Um, you have to realize that uh, happiness and um, uh, any kind of satisfaction, psychological or otherwise, uh, only comes through growth. Uh, if you have a, a very uh, passive, a very um, a constrained existence where you do basically the, the same thing every day, you might feel safe. Uh, you might feel at a certain point um, uh, uh, protected. But I don't think you can be happy. You have to grow constantly in terms of friends, in terms of skills, in terms of interests, in terms of uh, goals. Even if there are small things, uh, you have to constantly be growing as a person because uh, to, to be passive, to be constrained, to be, to be doing every day the same thing, uh, it, is, uh, it is the synonym of death. That you, become, you die every day a little bit um, and you don't grow. Uh, and there is, there is no alternative. And I see people who've been doing uh, sometimes the same for, for, uh, for a long time uh, without really trying to improve anything. At a certain point, they give up. They say, well, I've lived, and this is as much as I can get. And this is nonsense, especially if you live uh, in the U.S. or you live in Europe. There are so many opportunities. There are so many interesting places, so many interesting people to meet, uh, so many opportunities to develop uh, new activities, new skills. Uh, there is no reason to give up. There is no reason to constrain yourself. And every change uh, involves uh, some discomfort, but for God's sake, uh, what is the alternative? Just to sit there and, and, and wait for death. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yesterday I was doing a show uh, for senior people, and they called me senior. I was super offended because I'm 55. And I said, oh, 55, <laughs> you, can obtain, you can obtain a discount as a senior person. I said, uh, give me a break. Uh, Legally, I, I heard legally that is considered senior. It's unbelievable, but it is. Well, for senior, I senior for me means uh, 85 or 90. Um, in, today, yep. today, a lot of people, people don't make it to that age. <laughs> uh, today, many people make it to their 85, 90. Uh, things are improving constantly, especially if you move to a, to a place where the weather is nice and you have a, a, a balanced uh, lifestyle. You can live very long. And I yeah, and the ones in poor health uh, don't. And I think uh, most of the uh, society and the population is in poor health. Uh, aren't there more unhealthy people than healthy people in the world, or at least yes. in this country? Yes. Yeah, so most people don't make it to that age. Maybe that's why they lowered um, it. If I wanted to move into a senior center or a assisted living, uh, the age is 55. <laughs> well, uh, they Sorry to share have... that with you, John. I know that hurts. Yeah. I think we have to, to look uh, um, at history yeah. and see what we can learn from that. And yeah. the, the, the patterns for a, for a healthy lifestyle, uh, they are known already in ancient Greece since 2,000 years ago, more than 2,000 years ago. And I think um, uh, if people take the travel just to, to read about it and to, to, to take just this little example, to take uh, herbal tea instead of uh, drinking soda the whole day, uh, they will improve your health substantially. They will reinforce, they will strengthen their immune system. 
if you just walk instead of uh, driving the whole day. I mean, there are little things you can do. It doesn't right. take a lot of effort. You don't have to go to a gym and to kill yourself right. uh, to, to improve your life. But uh, come on, read about it. I mean, the principles are known for 2,000 years. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you another question. Why do people tend to view short-term constraints as long-term impairments? That almost sounds like the formula for depression and suicide, no? Uh, yes, okay, but uh, this is why we have so many, eh? so many cases of uh, suicide, depression is a uh, pandemic. I mean, they're talking about this COVID-19. Uh, Come on, how many people uh, are depressed uh, in Europe or the United States or Japan? I mean, you're talking about millions and millions. And this have you noticed they're not sharing the numbers of people who die from the flu? I mean, they mentioned it in the beginning, but I'd like to hear it again and compare it to these numbers. Are more people actually dying from COVID-19 than they are the flu? I don't know. I can't find uh, I can't find that information anywhere anymore. I'll send you the link. Thank you. <laughs> what is the answer, by the way, so I don't have to wait for the link? I don't know. Eddie knows okay. all that stuff. He's 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 all right. Sorry, interrupted about it. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I, I, I read the latest statistics uh, yesterday. Uh, apparently, the the impact of COVID can be. Uh, consider like a strong flu season uh, in some areas. Depends on the country, depends on the structure of the population, but uh, it's certainly not uh, worse. Um, the problem is that uh, once you put uh, this story on the media the whole day, uh, it's like tracking, uh, I mean, imagine that you get people with cancer and you track every single case, yeah. and yeah. then you become completely obsessed, and then uh, people are uh, afraid of drinking cola because maybe, uh, who knows, uh, and in the end, you don't you don't get out of your bed in the morning. So, I mean, we have to be, uh, I think, uh, more uh, grounded on reality and say, look, yeah, living entails uh, some risk, but uh, yeah. for God's sake, unless you have a, a real uh, serious uh, precondition, uh, I don't see so many uh, cases of COVID uh, serious uh, uh, well. sickness. In, in most of the population. So I don't think we have to be paranoid. I think uh, this is why I mentioned that growing, your, your, your emphasis should be on growing, on becoming better, yeah. becoming more skilled, making more friends, not on fear, because if you focus on fear right. the whole day, uh, you will not make it. Yeah, here's an idea. Why don't we uh, break the news, you know, into our normal programming. Every time someone is killed in Chicago, there'd be like 17 interruptions a day. But... Uh, I just wonder, why are they doing this? But that's another story. Yeah. Are we going to say, Adrian? No, nothing. Okay. Yeah. Um, why is it wrong to invest yourself in uh, heart? What does that say? I'm going to read my writing. Why is it wrong to invest yourself in unproven opportunities? That almost sounds like un... Uh, uh, Unentrepreneurial. They, they, entrepreneurs go into areas that maybe they're not familiar. They're risk takers and so on. So is, is that contradiction? Unproven uh, opportunities. Almost all um, opportunities that uh, Donald Trump went into were unproven, weren't they? Um, actually, very few. The problem is that uh, we get a very uh, distorted hmm. idea of uh, entrepreneurs. Or uh, business, and actually, uh, people who are very good at business, who are very good entrepreneurs, uh, they play very safe. Uh, they don't uh, 
put uh, all their eggs in, your bas in one basket. Uh, they assess risk uh, uh, usually much, much better than the average person. Yeah. Unless um, they're desperate, they, then, then they can afford to take the gamble because they got nothing to lose. they got nothing to lose. Uh, okay. They've this tried and tried and tried. Yeah. Like, like Trump in the tried. 80s. I mean, he was $85 billion in debt. He walked outside and, and he saw a, a bum a begging for some spare change, and he says, you know what, you're $85 billion richer than me. <laughs> well, um, we will see the story uh, when we have some perspective because I think there are many things we don't know. But um, uh, when, you, when you look at uh, studies of entrepreneurship, and there are many uh, textbooks on that, how entrepreneurs think, um, actually they take very safe, uh, very safe bets. Uh, they see a market, they test the market, uh, and they invest little by little. They, most of the time they are going to use uh, money from other people. Uh, this is how you grow a company. And if they, if they make a mistake, and they will make mistakes, they just let it go. If yeah. you're familiar other with uh, how, um, how uh, <laughs> um, hedge funds uh, operate, it is exactly the same. How do you make uh, so much money? Well, uh, you develop ideas. Most of, the, most of them are going to be wrong, but uh, you put a small uh, investment in each of them, and then you watch them. And when one of them becomes successful, then you put all the money there, and then you make a bundle. And the rest, you just lose. You lose a small amount. Right. So this is, how, this is how business works. It's not uh, like in the movies where you have uh, this guy trying to invent uh, whatever, and then he, I mean, he risks his life. I mean, this is, this is nonsense. If it was yeah. like this, we will be still in, on the, in the Middle Ages, uh, eating, I don't know, uh, uh, rubbish. I mean, uh, no, no, it's not like this. It's, it's pure fantasy. It's television. It's Netflix. Yeah. Listen, let's take another break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. Caregiverdave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting caregiverdave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. Don't wait. Go to caregiverdave.com and join now. Constant Contact and your small business make a perfect fit for marketing. They give you what you need to succeed. Fast and easy email marketing at your fingertips. Visit the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on Constant Contact to start your marketing. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too. Caring for someone with an illness or condition who is expected to live for a relatively long period of time is a specific and unique challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life Too today or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life Too is available at Amazon.com and CaregiverDave.com. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. One arm, one leg. 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. 
Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One arm, one leg, 100 words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. When you need a positive point of view, turn to HealthyLife.net, your 24-7 radio network for a better future. And welcome back to the Caregiver Dave Show. I'm Dave Nassani with Adrian Gruberg, and we're with John Vespasian. And, um, John, I was going to ask you, um, why is the book warning readers against using a flawed logic? What is a flawed logic? The flawed logic is when you say uh, one, and plus, 1 plus 1 makes uh, 5, and uh, this seems like uh, nonsense, but many people think like this. And this is why you see uh, people uh, investing themselves in schemes that are uh, completely crazy. Uh, you see all these uh, crazy diets uh, that people take and they become almost anorexic. And you see uh, people working themselves uh, 20 hours a day. Uh, you see these, these schemes that will never work. They're completely unfeasible. And over and over and again, uh, human beings uh, embrace them. Is that, like, is, that like, uh, is that like climbing the ladder of success and realizing when you get to the top it's leaning on the wrong building? Uh, no. It, what I mean is that um, uh, you have to be rational. I emphasize this in the book. Uh, don't try to, uh, to, to invest yourself and to try to, to embark yourself <clears throat> on schemes that are very unlikely to succeed. Uh, mm. Whether you are in business, whether you're investing, whether you are uh, taking care of your health, Come on, look at what other people are doing. Look at the, what is succeeding already for, for hundreds, thousands of years, and just copy. I mean, you don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time. Uh, just to have to, to steer away from the, all this fiction we watch on TV and all these movies. They are very entertaining. But for God's sake, spend five minutes uh, researching history, and you will learn more than for, from watching TV the whole year. Because uh, it is fiction. It is fiction. Uh, I think people should repeat the, this 20 times a day. It is fiction. You know, I understand what you're saying, John, but isn't it also true that sometimes you should not follow the herd? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you can be original, uh, perfect. But uh, when you see uh, the, the history of entrepreneurial success uh, in the 20th century, 19th century, uh, most of the people who become super successful, they are not uh, great innovators. They are people who are very practical uh, who realize that uh, they have to offer a product which is uh, maybe a bit better than the competition, but not revolutionary, because otherwise people won't, wouldn't even understand what you're talking about. Uh, you can make uh, good money by uh, by being efficient, which I think is much more important than being a genius. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of the stock market. You know, when everyone else is buying a particular stock, uh, maybe that's the time that you should be selling it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, actually, uh, in the stock market, I think um, uh, the price tends to reflect uh, what most people think about the future, uh, unless you have very good reasons to go against uh, what 99% of the people are thinking. It's very, very, very risky to catch a falling knife 
I have bad experiences myself. I think uh, the, <laughs> who the, doesn't? The, the cases where I lost the most in the stock market are those I learned uh, re- relatively quickly. So now I think I'm doing much much better. <laughs> but uh, uh, just to be you need to write a book on that. <laughs> yeah. Just to be a contrarian for the sake of being contrarian, I don't think it works uh, in the stock market. I don't think it works in any field. Uh, what you have to use is your common sense to see what is good value, uh, to see where the future is going. And in a sense, uh, we are t- you are mentioning entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. Uh, the only thing that differentiates a good entrepreneur with a normal person is that he can see a bit of the future you cannot see. Because uh, yeah. he can imagine how things are going to be in a year, in two years, because he just makes the effort to think what people like, uh, where they go in every day, and uh, they are looking for coffee, and there's no coffee, and they see something that you cannot see because you are not looking. And it's not because they're yeah. geniuses, because they're looking. And this is, this is something that uh, people should understand, and it's not magic. There is no high risk. Rarely there is high risk. There is yeah. a lot of common sense and a lot of persistence. We have about three minutes left, um, but um, basically I wanted to say that uh, – uh, lost my train of thought. It was a good one, too. <laughs> um, oh, I know what it is. Um, why, for example, and I didn't even say anything yet, but um, when I am a, uh, let's say I want to buy some shoes, right? Or let's say I want to get some counseling. Let me start over. Let me say that I want, uh, I'm having trouble with my marriage, and I want to go to a marriage counselor. Um, would you go to a marriage counselor who's currently going through a divorce for counseling, or would you go to uh, a business advisor who's currently going through bankruptcy? Um, I would say, yeah, because that guy who knows bankruptcy knows more about finances than the guy who's never been bankrupt versus, and the counselor knows more about marital counseling than the person who didn't go through a divorce, right? Would you agree or disagree? I would disagree. I would uh, I would not take uh, failure necessarily as a as a recommendation. I think uh, when you are facing a problem, you have to go to someone who knows how to solve the problem because he has studied the problem. Not necessarily because he has gone through the problem, but uh, mm-hmm. you have someone who has been uh, dealing with uh, divorced couples for uh, I don't know 30 years. He knows every detail of what has to be discussed, how to solve the problems. Uh, I think it's a good investment of your time and your money. I would not uh, spend my time and my energies uh, dealing with someone who is uh, in as much trouble as I am. Well, what if, what if you're going through the struggle? What if you're in the middle of a divorce? What if you're in the middle of a bankruptcy? Wouldn't you rather seek advice from somebody who's been through it, can, can tell you what's on the other end of, uh, at the end of the tunnel and how if to get the there? Person has, yeah, if the person has a philosophical mind and has uh, drawn the right conclusions, could be a great help. But if the person is uh, completely confused and he doesn't even understand the reason for the problem, uh, he can be uh, a body for drinking beer. But uh, other than that, <laughs> I don't think you will get uh, you will get any good advice. Right. I think I think the, it's a good person to have a conversation with and find out what they did, but not to seek advice from them. All right, so what if somebody wants to read your books, get a hold of you, send you an email, talk to you on the phone? Uh, how does someone get a hold of you? Uh, very, very easy to find. Uh, if you just type my name on uh, on the Internet, on Google or wherever, uh, John Vespasian, you will find in, in one second the books. They're available in Amazon and different outlets. There is a blog with hundreds of free articles. There's a free newsletter. 
very, very easy to find. Just type John Vespasian on, on Internet, and you'll find everything in one second. I All think right. we well, need to know how to spell the name. <laughs> Even if you make a mistake, it doesn't matter, because Google will correct <laughs> Google will fix it. Uh, in the next 30 seconds or so, is there anything that uh, you wanted to talk about that we did not cover yet? Yes. Uh, I just want to, to, to tell your audience um, uh, to take a perspective of a lifetime when they are facing problems. Don't get discouraged because uh, you are going through a sickness, you are going through divorce, you are going through uh, any kind of problem, because normally you are going to live 85, 90, possibly 100 years. Um, when you look back and you see uh, these problems today that are going to last uh, half a year, a year, it's nothing. You will forget it very quickly. You will get over it. Uh, think about grow, about growth, about getting better, and forget about fear because fear is not going to take you uh, any anywhere good. Yeah, that's great advice for teenagers too because suicide is the largest form of death in that age group. Isn't that sad? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, Perm- uh, it is permanent solutions to temporary problems. Yeah, absolutely, and it comes from the fiction. It comes from the fiction. Uh, too much, uh, ba- too many bad ideas. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, John. You were a great guest, and we learned a lot. And uh, I appreciate it. And Adrian, thank you for coming week after week. I appreciate that as well. And uh, Adrian, you're at uh, well, thecaregiverspace.org, and you're also right. on Facebook at the Caregiver Space. You've got chat rooms. You've got uh, every sort of resource that a caregiver could possibly want. I'm at caregiverdave.com. I've got free gifts to help caregivers get back on track and stay on track. And with that, oh, now I can see you, Adrian. (laughs) With that, I will say we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.